I loved when she ordered all that food. It was like an episode of Kitchen Nightmares and she was Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and then Beth, Beth was a little intrusive being like, I mean, you must be really hungry. It's like, just get me my food, please. <laughs> I didn't ask for your opinion. Hi, Thirsties. Welcome to the Thirsty for Hallmark podcast. I'm Charlie. And I'm Mary. And this is the thirstiest Hallmark podcast on the internet. Today we're talking Hearts Down Under, which aired April 24th, 2021. Mary, you know what? Today is Barbara Streisand's birthday. Barbara, can you hear me? She's 79. Are you listening? (laughs) Are you listening, Barbara? Are you? I think Mr. Barbara has been in a Hallmark movie, though. Mr. Barbara was in One Calls the Heart. Remember, he was the judge. Yeah, Yeah. he was the judge. Mm -hmm. Maybe she is listening. Barbara, if you are, hi. (laughs) Happy birthday. Mary, how many cupcakes do you give Hearts Down Under? I can't decide. I don't know. Three. Three? Three and a bite. Three and a half. 3.5 cupcakes. No, I'm going I'm going four. Four? I almost went five. Five? But the ambiguity of the ending. There I could were not so deal many with. parts this entire movie are like, wait, what's going on? Wait, did we miss something? Wait. <laughs> I couldn't. I thought the scenery was amazing. I liked the story, but like there were just like some gaps in there. I could. I can't. On my good conscience, I can't give it four cupcakes. Well, tell me a short synopsis. Girl inherits a restaurant. She's kind of a snobby chef from New York. Goes down to Australia. Falls in love with a hunky cook named Cook. <laughs> Goes back to America, but don't worry, she's not selling that restaurant. She's going to keep it. Hunky Cook comes back, sweeps her off her feet and says, we'll just figure it out. It's just a little long distance. You know, you would think with how they were talking, it was like New York City to Buffalo. No, no, no. New York City to Australia. But they're going to figure it out. And then they just ended, y'all. This is why I asked for a one year later. And we've been getting three months later and we didn't even get a three months later. I would have been happy with three months I, later. I needed some I needed some kind of month later because how are they gonna work? This movie It's not plausible. Desperately needed that. Unless she leaves the restaurant to our favorite Molly and she goes lives in Australia full time. But it didn't seem like that's what she was doing. I don't I just didn't get it. I do have a friend here whose boyfriend lives in Australia. Are you serious? Yeah. I, d- I don't know how it's working out though. <laughs> How far of a flight is Australia? That's a long flight. 20 hours? I don't know. New York? That's like, I'm looking it up right now, y'all. Excuse me. 22 hours and 10 minutes. And every flight is about $2,000. Homegirl's restaurant must be doing really well. All right. So shall we get into the details of it? Yes. It starts at Caroline's restaurant called Laboratoire. It's in the middle of a dinner rush. She's stressed out. She's biting everyone's head off. Even poor Molly, who's just trying to make this smoky dessert under glass with an engagement engagement ring ring in it. Her ex-boyfriend is in the restaurant and her mom keeps telling her, you need to go talk to him. And she says, I don't want to talk to him. I'll call him later. So he waits for her after the dinner rush and she tells him, I'm going to have to talk to you later. I don't I don't know what to say to you now. Mm-hmm. Um, and after she talks to him, she finds out and they keep talking about this inspection, which I think is like for the um, Michelin star. Michelin, Thank you. They call it the Mondial star. She got a, a mediocre review. So she's worried about this inspection star thing. And her mom is realizing she's kind of afraid. So she owns this comp- this restaurant with her mom. Her mom does front of house and then she does all the cooking. So her mom tells her that her great aunt Doreen, who 
lives in Australia, left her the Seagull Cafe and she needs to go take care of it. Like she needs to decide what she wants to do with it, etc. So she says, we have a month till the inspection. Why don't you go down now and go to Australia, get the, you know, affairs in order sell it or keep it and then leave. And so when her ex-fiance Nathaniel pops up, she's like, I'm going to Australia. Bye. And she goes to Australia. When she gets to Australia, she goes to this cottage and there's this little teeny tiny dog that she's playing with. And she's like, is your owner as cute as you? And then the owner is like, well, <laughs> and then she's like, what? And he's an attractive Australian man. And that's their meet cute. His name is Simon Cook. The next day she goes to the cafe. It's really cute, bright. And she's about to introduce herself and say, I'm the new owner, but instead they end up seating her. So she decides to order a bunch of food and try it out and just see how good it is. And Simon comes out and she's like, oh, hey. He says, how do you like the food? And she's like, it's all right. He's like, tell me more. And she goes, well, this needs more seasoning. This is too salty. This is overcooked. Somebody needs to talk to the cook. Oh, and then so Marlene, who's the manager, goes, order up, cook. And then they're like looking at each other super awkward. And he's like, well, and then, yeah, she finds that he's a cook. And then she meets up with her attorney who's helping handle the rest of the deal. And he tells her that they have a buyer, but that there's a ton of construction that needs to get done because there's like a ton of things wrong with the building and it has to pass a housing like a building inspection before they'll buy it and this restaurant is a chain all the booths are shaped like cars and she's like well I don't like it but at least it'll keep it going for Aunt Doreen her and her attorney go back to the seagull after the lunch rush to say we're selling the place and so they're like sitting there like oh this is that girl that was kind of snooty and ordered like 15 different items off the thing and she's like actually I'm Caroline and I make Doreen was my great aunt and I now own it and I'm selling it. And they're like, what? And Dale's like, Ooh, awkward because he's weirdly seeing the manager Marlene. Marla. Marla. Thank you. And then she actually like I feel like she was pretty apologetic, but she was just like, I like I live in New York. I own a restaurant in New York. I cannot own this place, too. Like, I'm so, so sorry. And they are all kind of really rude to her. I mean, rightfully so. She, she is getting rid of all her jobs. Then she's frantically looking for contractors who can make all the building improvements before she has to go back to New York and cook for the Mondial Star. And she's having a really hard time because Marla has called all the contractors in town and told them not to work with her, not to help her. But she gets Simon Cook to agree to do all the construction because he had told her that he had fixed up the cottage that she's staying in. But he agrees and says she has to do cooking. So the next day, he said, meet up at 4 a.m. So they meet up at the restaurant. She thinks they're going to start cooking and prepping. And he's like got his fishing poles out and they're going to get the catch of the day. And so they go and they fish. And all of a sudden, it's like 8 a.m. It was really bright. And I was like, y'all need to chippity chop on the clock, people. Anyway, she catches a hat and then they take a selfie together. I like that. I thought it was cute. I also was like, okay. (laughs) And then they start cooking and she's like actually a really good fry chef. They're all like, oh, is this like such a slum down? She's like, no, I like started off as a fry chef. And she becomes friends and like gets camaraderie with a lot of the people at the restaurant. Everybody except Marla. And Marla the whole time thinks that Simon is doing this just to like butter her up and like woo her into keeping the the cafe. And he's like saying, no, that's not it. That's not it. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay." And they're falling in love and she's becoming friends with Beth. She sets off the fire alarm in her apartment because she's baking bread. And then her mom FaceTimes her and she's like, "Ooh, how is the hot chef? And the hot chef's right there. 
he asks her if she wants to hang out that night. They're sitting on the boat for their date and they're having a heart to heart conversation. And she's telling him that her restaurant in New York isn't really doing what she wanted to do when she became a chef. She wanted to make people happy with her food, but instead it's just stressful and she's pretty disconnected from that. And he said, that was what your aunt Doreen felt too. She just wanted to make people happy with her food. And then she starts to cry and I was starting to cry and I thought she was going to say, I never really knew Aunt Doreen. I haven't seen her since I was 10. But no, she said, I'm not happy with my restaurant. <laughs> and Charlie Steers stopped. <laughs> then they almost kiss and she stops and says, I can't do this. And then he says, well, do you want ice cream? And she goes, yeah. They keep going on with the cooking and the fixing up the building until finally everything is done except for the electricity. And there's going to be a big party to celebrate one year since Aunt Doreen died. He like pitches her an idea that she could keep it open and like it's a successful restaurant. They could just run it without her. And then she's like, we can't do that. And then they start arguing and Beth, the, the waitress had said, hey, are you going to make the meat pies? And he's like, yeah, I'll just change everything. Why don't you make the meat pies? You don't know how to make Aunt Doreen's pies. And then she's like, well, well, you don't even follow recipe. And he's like, I'll just make cheesecake. And she's like, you don't know how to make cheesecake. And then they like start arguing. And it's very obvious they're arguing about like they love each other, but they can't admit it. So she makes meat pies for the party. He makes cheesecake. They bring it to the party and they're back to liking each other. Mm-hmm. That's like the whiplash I got in this movie. They would have a fight and then I was like, nothing happened. He asked her to dance and she's about to say yes. And then Beth's like, we have to put the pies out right now. <laughs> Everybody's having a really good time and they toast to Aunt Doreen and it's really special. And then they dance. But an unexpected guest shows up, Nathaniel. And he's told everybody that he's... Caroline's fiance. Even though they're not together. Simon Cook's like, well, wow, okay. And as always happens in Hallmark, she doesn't clear it up right away. She leaves with him and it looks like they might be leaving together as mm -hmm. if they're still together. They go back to the cottage. He's telling her he wants her back. She's telling him no. And as they're having their argument, Simon brings over a book and leaves it on the stairs outside. But he can overhear what they're saying because she left the door open. They always have arguments, just open door. It's an open door policy, truly. <laughs> and of course, the only thing he overhears is her saying, I missed you too. But she only said that because she missed him when he first dumped her. Yeah. But she doesn't miss him anymore. He's just after her now because she's successful. So she kicks him out and she finds Antorine's book that he had left and she reads through it with the little dog. The dog that she meets at the beginning, that Simon Cook's dog, is actually her aunt that he's been taking care of since the aunt has died. So she reads a book and she sees all these pictures and she like comes to a clear resolution that she's decided not to sell it and then she'll just let them manage it without her. So she goes into the cafe the next morning, spoken to the lawyer, like chipper, ready to go. And she stops because the staff is having a meeting in the kitchen. And they're all talking about her. I want to add the night before at the party, he gave her this beautiful necklace that was metallic version of a clam, like the clams that they picked. And she's wearing it the next day when she goes to the cafe. We overhear Marla saying, oh, well, you know, you tried to woo her. You did everything you could. I even broke the... So apparently all these damages have been like Marla just going around destroying this stuff. She takes off the necklace. Puts it on a shelf, a random shelf in the restaurant, leaves it there mm -hmm. and interrupts their little powwow and says, 
inspector's coming. I'm selling. And then she asks Simon to go on an inspection walk around. They go to the pantry and they get locked in by Marla. And then they start fighting and arguing because she like says, well, I know you're just trying to woo me and like you're just so fake and blah, 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 blah. And then they start throwing dried goods at each other like flour and cornflakes. Cornflakes. And he's getting mad at her for selling the place and she's getting mad at him. And, and then the lawyer pops in to the pantry and they're kind of taken aback. That happens. Commercial break. All of a sudden we have a staff meeting and she's like, I've decided not to sell. Like She's still covered in flour. Covered in flour, sprinkles in her hair. She just found out Marla has been sabotaging this restaurant and she decides not to sell. You're all keeping your jobs. You'll just take care of the place while I'm in New York and I'll come back every once in a while. And I'm going to New York tonight. She goes back to New York to get ready for this Michelin star thing. And she decides to change the menu completely. It's not how she wants to express herself. So they retool the menu. They make all this amazing food and they serve it to the, what's the word, adjudicators. And they get the star. Then after she's celebrating with her mom, having some food in the restaurant. And what happens? They have a dessert and she has a fork. She taps into the cake and she realizes it's a necklace. Oh, right. And then she's like, how did you get this? And then Simon pops out and he says, all the way from... Lemon Myrtle Beach. They talk and he apologizes. And he was like, I don't want to run the cafe without you. And I love you. And we'll just make it work. We'll make this distance work. And then he apparently had another half of the speech and she cuts it off. And both Charlie and I were like, no, 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 no. I'd like to hear this. How are you planning this long distance relationship? 22 hour distance. But then they... They kiss, and that's it. <laughs> that was Hearts Down Under. I really did love this movie. <laughs> it made no sense. It made sense. It just needed a little bit more exposition. Maybe there's going to be a sequel, and that's when we'll see how things turn out. I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> just kidding. I did like the movie. Um, so, Mary, who are these people? Let's start with Homeboy. Tim Ross. He is actually Australian, uh, but I believe all of his work has been in Australia. Um, He's on an Australian TV show called Wonderland. That sounds fun. Is it about Alice? Doesn't look like it. You know that Taylor Swift song? We found Wonderland. You know it? No. It was uh, a bonus track on 1989. Oh. He was on Neighbors, which is... Kind of looks like a gossip very long running Sydney. Soap opera in Australia. Do you know who was on Neighbors? Hmm. Kylie Minogue and Natalie Imbruglia. Oh, wow. You know Natalie? Mm-mm. She sang the song, Nothing's fine, I'm torn. Oh, I'm my little thing. It's the very first song that One Direction sang together. This is his first Hallmark movie. I liked him a lot. I did like him a lot. He's good. He looks a little bit like Ben Affleck, but make him normal. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And homegirl, Cindy Busby. Her second movie in like two months. I thought she was great in this movie. She has some crying scenes and I was crying with her. I thought she was better in this movie than in other movies. If you've been listening, which of course you have, you know that Mary's least favorite Hallmark movie is Unleashing Mr. Darcy. And Cindy Busby was the star of that. And I do feel she's grown a lot as an actress since then. I do also feel having the same actress in two movies within two or three months is too much. Yeah. There are so many Hallmark actresses. There's no reason why we have to be. What happened to Merritt Patterson? What's we the word? Um, Sandbagging them? Yeah. Exactly. Where's Merritt? Yeah, where's Merritt been? We haven't had a Merritt movie in like six months. Julie Gonzalo? Oh my gosh, no. What is going on here, Hallmark? Or Bethany Joy Lenz? Like, come on. Oh my on. gosh, yes, Bethany. I was actually talking about this yesterday on Clubhouse with our friend Camille from the Hallmark Heartbeats podcast. Cindy was great in this movie. Just, I need to see 
Simpson variety. Her biggest claim to fame is Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's on a TV show called Heartland about horses. Yes, which I thought was on Hallmark. I don't think it is, but it was on... CW. CW. Okay, so Mary, and I think this is a tough question. Who are you going to award the Oscar to this week? I think this is an easy question. Molly. <laughs> Molly? <laughs> <laughs> I believed that she felt defeated. And then I believed when she felt like she'd been uplifted by her boss. I believed it. I believed that story. Actually, or my character, (laughs) Tiny. Can I suggest, uh, what about Beth? I liked Beth. Beth was good, too. But you're right, because Molly had exactly two lines in this movie. And yet... But a lot of screen time. We really believed her story. We talked about her story a lot. <laughs> so she had to do a lot of silent acting. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it mime. It was it was like she was an actress from the 20s. A silent yeah, film actress. Yeah, she was a silent film actress. Because her face... Remember that song from Sunset Boulevard? With one look, I can make <laughs> you cry. That's Molly. <laughs> Molly was giving it her all. Speaking of Barbara, well, congratulations, Molly. Yes. Well, now, Mary, it's time to talk about homemade or hostess. Homemade are things we liked in the movie and hostess are things we didn't. I'm going to start it off with the location, period. Is that a homemade or a hostess? Obviously a homemade. That was beautiful. I want to go to Australia. Thank you. When's the last time you've seen a large body of water, Mary? So long. It's been so long. I'll start off with the homemade. I loved when she ordered all that food. It was like an episode of Kitchen Nightmares and she was Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and then Beth, Beth was a little intrusive being like, I mean, you must be really hungry. It's like, just get me my food, please. <laughs> I didn't ask for your opinion. I would have loved it even more if she ate it all. I'd say a homemade for me is just, I like the cooking ones. I like the baking ones. I like baking and cooking movies for Hallmark. Like I just, I think it's fun. <laughs> I like There's- to look at food. <laughs> There was an awesome variety of different dishes they were making. Yeah. I loved when they were fishing and she caught something and she couldn't reel it in. So he got behind her and he was all up on her. But I mean, Homeboy was trying to get it. Homeboy, look, I'll say this. This was the first movie where it wasn't like this weird, we don't like each other thing. I feel like they were just like, we're at odds right now, but we definitely like each other. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't like this weird back and forth or this random matchmaker put in the middle of nowhere or like a 10 year old child saying they should go out with each other. Like they just liked each other. Another homemade Cindy Busby has a badonkadonk. And we've seen so many movies with her. Never noticed this. I don't know. Maybe she's been doing squats. Or there's this new machine I've been seeing advertised on Instagram that's solely for building your butt. I Look, I feel like I've done so many workouts that are like (laughs) butt focused. I don't know if they work. Like, I feel like my butt is the exact same. Yeah, are you just born with a butt? I think you're born with a butt. And speaking of objectifying these people's bodies... The scene where Homeboy comes out of the ocean shirtless, very, very sexy. We need more shirtless scenes in Hallmark movies. And I wonder if Cindy requires it. Is that in her contract? Because the last shirtless we had was Chasing Waterfalls. Was that the last shirtless we had? Are you sure about that? I'm not sure about that. Right in front of you, was there one? No. No. Um, As luck would have it, no. Don't go breaking my heart, no. One Perfect Wedding, yes. Yes. (laughs) One Perfect Wedding was the last, but it was only half of his torso that we saw. Remember he was... You remember these a lot better than I do. It's because you take notes and I don't. I was so upset because he was full shirtless in the other two. In the other two he was. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hostess for me, we've had four weeks of amazing earrings. Amazing earrings. Not an earring in sight. Homemade for me is when Nathaniel was in the cottage arguing with her and... She's like, you need to leave. And he says, I don't have anywhere to stay tonight. And she goes, well, you have your jet. That was good. 
I think a hostess for me, it was just how choppy things felt. I mean, even when we're going over the description, it's like they're having a huge argument in the pantry. Next scene, they're having a staff meeting and she decides not to sell. And then they're having a huge argument about Nathan. Next scene, it's like everybody forgets about Nathan. You know what I mean? Or Nathaniel. I just feel like they, they could have picked one of the two conflicts and really delved into it and gave us more emotion in it. Instead, we like got one conflict resolved, one conflict resolved, leave. you know? Yeah. A hostess for me, the food fight. They were putting their unwashed hands in all these dry foods directly into the bins. Mm -hmm. This food is going to get served to people. Somebody's going to eat those cornflakes that he dug his grubby hands into. And I'm not, I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool with it. I... If you throw a tomato... See, I would have been less okay with a tomato. I just hate that kind of messy food fight. Yeah, like I hate messy food dried, fights too. Dried food, at least it's like you just sweep it up. What Maybe what they should have done is grab the whole container and, and like... Chuck it. Chuck yes, it that would have been better. Yeah. That would have been better, yeah. And on that same note, there's a part where they're in the ocean digging for clams and they start splashing each other. I hate splashing. Never splash me at a pool. And I don't like watching splashing on TV. It's not fun. You get water in your eyes. You can't see it's like it's just a violent thing we need to stop <laughs> acting like splashing is fun i'm trying to think of i really love the dog the spatch. dog was so cute spatch spatch was kind of like my dog i really liked i liked the seagull i just thought it was pretty it was like such a cute little diner i kind of enjoyed that every activity they did was focused on the storyline i feel like sometimes they do dates and activities and it's just like oh let's go paragliding because we can whereas this one was very much directly correlated oh there was one line that i thought was so clever when when she comes back to her restaurant her and molly are getting ready to plate the dessert and she's like molly you can do it with me you you do this one i'll do this one and she goes it's a piece of cake and then right after close up on the piece of cake i was like yes they had a great character development in this movie. The development of the storyline could have been drawn out a little bit more. Don't quote me on this, even though we're recording. I felt like this redeemed her from unleashing Mr. Darcy. Yes. I will say it, but I still hate that movie. You hear that, Cindy? It, overall, really good movie. So who do you think we would play in this movie? Charlie really wanted to play Molly. I was like, as long as she doesn't have a line, because she's referenced so much in this movie. And she didn't have any lines in the first scene she was in. At the very end, she has one line. I was like, Charlie, you can't. And then she has another line to quote Charlie. was like, well, that's the nail in the coffin. <laughs> I was tiny. Tiny. I was tiny. Th look, y'all. I don't know if you can tell. I like to pick characters that I feel like deserve more justice. Tiny is out there also helping build this roof. She brings two glasses of ice cold lemonade, gives one to Simon and drinks one herself. And Tiny, who's been out there burning in the hot sun to fix her roof, got no lemonade. I was like, what is happening? Also, Tiny was sitting right beside her at Aunt Doreen's memorial dinner. Literally right beside her. We never saw him until like, they like did this weird expansion thing. And he was like a little blurry beside her. And I was like, Tiny. And that's me. And remember the scene where Tiny's not there, but, uh, but Simon goes, Tiny, where's the broom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justice for Tiny. So since I couldn't be Molly... I ended up being Jimmy the electrician. <laughs> There's one part where he shocks himself. And I was almost going to suggest Jimmy for the Oscar because his back acting, yeah. his acting was very expressive. Uh, and then our secondary characters were people dancing at the party. Mary was the guy who was kind of doing the twist and jerking around. And mine was the guy in the hat. Yeah, both just great dancers. Not. I want to give a quick shout out to at the Bika, also known as Alicia. Alicia said, 
on our Instagram. I binged through your back catalog, so I'm happy there's a new episode. So you are our very first binge listener, and we thank you very much. Hashtag honored. We're binge worthy. <laughs> Finally. So Mary, this movie didn't give us, I mean, this probably should have been a hostess. It just ended, and we don't know how these people from opposite ends of the earth, literally, can make this work. So give me your one year later. I, not to toot my own horn here, but I feel like I've been doing really well at these one year laters, but I feel like Hallmark's been setting me up to do well on them, and this one's going to be a little bit harder, but here we go. Okay. I think it's a year. I think they've been trying to do this long distancing, and she is realizing it's just way too taxing on her. She's talking to her mom, and she's feeling burnt out, and she's realizing that she loves this restaurant in New York, but it can do okay without her because she has trained Molly. And she says, you know, mom, I used to think that this restaurant was my future. And every time I go back to Australia, I realize I want a different life. So her mom and her decide to promote Molly, but that Caroline will come for like big events, hand to in Australia at the Seagull. And it's right after the lunch rush. She shows up, she goes to the Seagull and Marla's like, he's at the beach. So she walks down to the beach he turns around, he sees her, and he's looking for clams. He gets, he's totally shocked, and he has a clam in his hand. And she walks to him and she says, I choose you, and I choose our love, and I choose a seagull, and I wanna be with you. I'm moving here. He breaks the clam open in excitement, <laughs> and there's a pearl. And he looks down at the pearl, and he looks at her, and he gets on one knee, and he says, I know this isn't a ring, but I can't imagine my life without you. Will you marry me? We get to pan to a wedding, their wedding, on the beach. All their friends are there. Molly's the caterer. Her engagement ring is the pearl that they found with diamonds all around it. Mm. Bam! Am I good or what? You, you know, your talent at one year later is only exceeded by your modesty. <laughs> Hallmark, cut the check. Where's my commission? I want to quickly remind everybody, I can't remember if I said this last week, but we are on Clubhouse and... I've been doing rooms here and there to talk about the movies, and it's really fun. So if you need a Clubhouse invite, DM me and I'll give it to you. And then follow me on Clubhouse, at Charlania, and then you'll see when I start a room. Hopefully, we'll have a Thirsty for Hallmark club on Clubhouse soon, but they're not letting me do it yet. Now, Mary, what movie is next week? Ice Palace. Oh, yeah. What is it called? Mm, I don't know. Oh, Baby It's Cold Inside. Seems like a holiday movie. Hallmark is just out of order. Do they have too many winter movies and so they're sprinkling them in with the spring movies? Well, we jumped to spring so soon. They could have just kept doing winter movies. <laughs> Says you and I who went skiing today. <laughs> April 24th. <laughs> Look, I live in the concrete jungle of Aspen. <laughs> like, so. It's still winter for some people. Oh, Steve Lund and Catherine Kohut. Love at Look Lodge. I missed that one. But I know Steve Lund, if I can speak for you, we're not looking forward to this one that much. But I am interested to see how an ice hotel works because I didn't see the whole first movie about ice hotels. I loved Winter Castle, by the way. That was the Ice Palace movie they did like two, three years ago. Mm. Well, that bodes well for this then. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to be cold the whole time just watching it. I, I already don't want to watch it. <laughs> Guys, it's April 24th and we were skiing. And I can't express to you, it, it snowed on Thursday and I think I cried. Oh God, we were driving together and it was a total blizzard. I, I was just like, I can't, I can't. And the next episode is going to be late because I'm traveling next weekend, but it should be up by Thursday. Well, that's all for us. Until next time, stay, stay thirsty. thirsty.
Up TV, which I'm still trying to figure out what that is. I think Up TV is on Friendly. And a lot of old Hallmark movies. One of them is with Trevor Donovan, where he is a country singer that is a judge for a strawberry competition. And he sings a song at the end. Is he good? He's pretty good, but he's a strawberry judge and he realizes he's allergic to strawberries. He just thought he never liked them, so he never ate them. Anyway. Wait, why is he a judge? Because uh, he's a famous country singer, so he was like the headliner. Oh my god, I would love to be a random celeb just so I could do things like that. I know, yeah. So I feel like they just, they have their own movies, but they also take a lot of Hallmark movies from like 2011. Throwback. Shout out to my friend Alicia who always watches up TV. And I'm going to see her next week. 